This is Billy, and this is the first ever XFL Fanzone podcast. And we're going to try this every week. Sometimes, big announcements, we're going to do it during the week. Um, and we're trying to give you a recap of the week. And we'll get to what this podcast will do. Try to get fans boys because this is the Fanzone podcast. Uh, the big news of the week, though, started off Wednesday at MetLife Stadium. XFL Commissioner CEO Oliver Luck announced the... February 2020, really the dates, the initial start with the 8th and the 9th, I don't think we had a date before, and we all knew it was going to be in Fe- uh, spring of 2020, probably did not know it was going to coincide with the least of the AAF continues its plans the same week, this is also the week after next year's Super Bowl, the AAF is starting this year, the week after this year's Super Bowl, so they were going to do that again, they'll collide um, with their start dates, um, in the eight cities. Dallas, Houston, Los Angeles, New York, St. Louis, Seattle, Tampa Bay, and D.C. Let's get this out of the way first. St. Louis is a coup for the league. They were abandoned by the NFL, horribly abandoned by the NFL, and they're going to be right back at uh, what most people would call the Dome in America Center, the uh, Edward Jones Dome, but now it's the Dome in America Center. And They're going to have no trouble selling that place. St. Louis is only professional football team. Um, this is going to be like... A homecoming for them. They're going to prove they are passionate football fans that didn't deserve to be a band of the NFL. And no offense to any of those cities. Maybe I wished. Um, actually, sort of did wish the XFL could have gone into San Diego, but I could see the fact that the AAF already having a team in San Diego probably was the deal breaker there. So, as that, with that, um, Oakland couldn't really go into Oakland right now considering the fact that the Raiders are still begging the OCO Coliseum and the Oakland uh, officials to stay there as their Las Vegas stadium is going to take time to build. Um, initially, they were planning to leave. This is going to be their last season in Oakland. How are they now probably going to stay next season, I would imagine? That's just an interesting fact. And there are some good decisions. That so that that's all I say with that. Let me move on to others. This is what we're going to Washington D.C. Audi Field, probably honestly going to be the best football stadium in that town. Uh, FedEx Field, not really a good place. Um, it's definitely a bigger uh, stadium and all that, but I think Audi Field is going to have that tight fan atmosphere. You're going to hear the fans whirring in Audi Field and everything else like that. Um, next up, you got Tampa Bay Bradbury J Stadium. Honestly, not really a bad choice. Um, Tampa's going to have a good football audience, I think. Um, they get a good team. They might help. They might get into. They haven't had a really good NFL team for some time down there in Tampa Bay. The Bucks have not been really that good. I think you get a good XFL team, Remy James. I think you're going to get some pretty good tennis numbers uh, during the spring. Seattle Century League Field. That Seattle, I know, is probably. I actually have heard some Christmas fans. But they didn't, the XFL didn't go into Portland. However, um, I can see that. Our side of it is Seattle is a very passionate sports town. Um, Central League Field has been sold out for the Seattle Sounders of Major League Soccer. Um, if they could do that, they could potentially sell out for an XFL team. That's all I'm going to say on that for now. Now, it could be wrong at the end of it, but that's what my opinion is as of this point. Dallas, a little bit of a weird decision in terms of where they put it at, Maybe. Um, Globe Life Park for going to a baseball field, it seems like. 
Um, I'm pretty sure it's the old one. Uh, let me check this real quick for everybody to make sure I get my facts right. It is the it is the field that they're leaving. Um, however, I th there is a lot of stuff that's really tried to leave my fears with this. Um, trying to make sure this XFL Dallas team does not turn into a Oakland Raiders uh, situation where uh, we get, you know, a baseball field and the fans are not really involved. It's just a horrible look. You know, it just leads the team down. Now, that's why I don't. That's why I don't want. But there is some planning within the city of Arlington because you know it, this falls in the Arlington city area. Instead of, uh, instead of Dallas, um, there is some planning there to make it better. Um, they don't want it to be like um, the comparable. So I would say even in the state of the Astrodome that has sat there uh, for about twenty years now, they even removed the seats out of the Astrodome, and there's a constant fight to revitalize the Astrodome. They don't want it to be like that. They want to get it now and do all that. And there's already been some criticism um, from the local press for allowing this to happen, but. We'll find out uh, what happens with that. We'll see if it comes out good for it at the end. Um, New York, MetLife Stadium. I would preferably have a smaller venue than MetLife because already the NFL, Giants and Jets, Giants and Jets, excuse me, they can't even sell upper bowl tickets because they can't even sell the lower bowl there. It's not going to look good on TV. Um, they do tarp the upper bowl. However, that, that doesn't look good. But, you know, there ain't no really other football field to find in, this, in the New York area that I know of that they would play at. So, if you, just, if you want to give me a suggestion that I didn't know, then tell me uh, in the comments or whatever. Um, next up is L.A. StubHub Center. And hope anything can do better than the LA Chargers at StubHub Center. I think maybe an XFL team in Los Angeles could actually have more fans there supporting the XFL team than the Chargers do every week. Because, you know, you know, at least they'll have actual roots maybe a little bit there. And finally, and you got Houston. Perfect place. You were at Houston Stadium. They weren't going to, they didn't try to go into Reliant. I didn't try to, well, they couldn't do the Astrodome. Like I said, they tore the seats out. Um, but they do go into the University of Houston Stadium, the TDECU Stadium. And I think it's a perfect thing. Program on the rise. Money, they're getting popular. Gets more attention to that stadium. Probably a good idea for all parties involved. And that is the eight teams in the eight venues that will host the XFL's teams. Uh, starting on the weekend, the 8th and 9th of February, the year, 2020. Um, next up, some news on the front of rule changes I'm going around. There was a uh, testing, three days of testing with uh, junior college players in Mississippi. Um, it seemed like it was really going well for the XFL. There are some elevations that came out of it. There was a YouTube video that was posted that was quickly taken down by the league. Suggested that there would there would be a running clock no matter what. Um, 
an incomplete pass for an out of bounds, other than two minutes left on the clock in both halves. Um, but even then, the stoppage is in the last two minutes would only be 10 seconds. That was the suggestion going around from the XFL. And that does turn their image of both lowering the game times from the current almost four hours to what Oliver Luck initially stated, um, two hours. And seems like he went back to three on that promise, at least somewhat. Um, and also, key catchphrase, less stall, more ball, perfectly fits to this idea. I just don't know if it will catch on, turning more into like a game of, I don't know, call it a soccer clock somewhat? I don't know what you would call it. I don't know if the running clock would get you there. I honestly do honestly think as well that you need to have a stop clock if a change of possession were to happen on a pick or a fumble or any, anything that causes a turnover and on uh, penalties because if you get penalties, then you have you have to respawn the ball. You have to the referee announce the penalty while you have possibly still a play clock going because the clock is still going. So I think flags and changes of possessions in order to get to everything is set up quickly enough to where they can go. That could work out very. That could work out way better if you keep the running clock going, um, other than penalties and other than change of possession with the last few minutes rule as well. That could go easily better for the XFL. And we really had that being tested out down in Mississippi. So I hope the test went well for the league for everything. And see what they need to tweak, see what they need to get rid of, see if there's something else they think they could add to make it a quicker game and a funner game and better than what it is now. That's what we want for the league. So whatever they need to do, that's what they need to do. And for anybody who doesn't know, this coming up spring is a big deal. Uh, the spring league, which has turned out to be a bigger league. Uh, Johnny Manziel played in one year. Zach Maddenberger played in one year. He uh, is now going to play in the AAF try to really revise his professional career. Spring League. This year is going to be really the first XFL games that are going to be on a big stage. They're going to be testing XFL rule changes this year. So watch that space. I do not know where you can watch it on. I know uh, I don't know where it was on. I knew it was on somewhere last year. So stay tuned for that as we get closer to that. And I'm sure we talk about the Spring League with XFL rule changes once that approaches. Uh, also this week, you got to think about this. We uh, I, I decided to uh, launch the XFL Fan Network. We are hoping to get a bunch of fans together and really share our thoughts with the league, everything else. This is where the XFL, we're going to try to make what the XFL wants, fans above all, want the fans to sound off on the league in open form and everything else like that. Uh, we have some people who have joined the network already on Twitter. Uh, we, we have our own XFL podcast, Extreme Football podcast. This is the XFL Show podcast, um, as well as uh, XFL Radio has joined us. As well, we're also starting to uh, partner with ExtremeInsider.com to give you the, la- give you the latest on XFL News this week. Um, this is going to be ramping up. This will be ramping up over the next year to get into the 2020. 
Uh, like the XFL's heading to their preseason 2019, this is going to be our sort of preseason 2019. Get everything ready to make sure we have a great operation. And when fans really start coming in, see the XFL games for the first time, because that's when you're going to get a lot of publicity. You're also going to get publicity for teammates and everything else, and we're going to be good for that. But we will make sure that once those first games are played, we have a well-run we have a well run operation so that we can get the fans' message out so we can see that and have opinions sound above the league. Um, so th this is a great experience, hopefully. First time ever podcasting. I'll say that right now. This is going to be a short version of what we're going to have later down the line. And so this is uh, Billy, the XFL Fanson Podcast.